Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Kay, who is president of Financial Focus, uh, which is a financial planning firm. Michael has over 30 years of experience in the financial and tax world. Uh, welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you very much, Jordan. Just tell us a little bit about your background, uh, those 30 years, and how you got to where you are today. Wow, it's been, it's been a, uh, thank you very much, it's been a, uh, a windy road. I started my professional career as an accountant and a CPA uh, right out of college and uh, spent 10 years in the, uh, the accounting world and then kind of came over to the financial services side and uh, about 10 years ago, uh, I established Financial Focus, which is a financial planning firm, and we have then morphed into a financial life planning f- uh, firm, ensemble practice of uh, five advisors, and um, bringing to our clients a just a different level of service. So it's kind of morphed from uh, accounting to a more product orientation to a, uh, a, a very basic fee uh, 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 fee basis model. One of the things you like to talk about is what you call the money biography. So why don't you ta- tell us what you think the money biography is and how can it help us uh, do better with our finances? That's, that's a great question. The, the money biography is really those lessons we learned growing up. And when we think back, if we take just some time to just kind of clear the desk, turn off the TV and and just kind of sit back and think about what did I learn about money growing up? What did I hear from my parents and uh, growing up that you know money was the root of all evil or all rich people are greedy or uh, you know uh, money doesn't grow on trees that those kinds of messages that we heard that we 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 heard with our very young years became our kind of the uh, the tarmac of our money biography. We watched our parents and how they interacted with money. Did they talk about money? Did they not talk about money? Was it only spoken about in, you know, when the kids were out of the room? Uh, but of course, you know, kids hear everything. And uh, those kind of stories that, you know, money was used for show or to impress or money was used to help enrich the lives of other people. So that money biography is something we, we kind of grow up with that attitude about money. And, and that's what the money biography really is about. So once you understand what your money biography is, how can you use that to improve the kind of financial decisions you're making? Are you destined to repeat the same patterns you had as you're growing up, or do people do the opposite? How do those two relate? Well, you would you would hope that you know we you know we don't we don't keep reliving the the errors of the past, and I believe that the first step is to first understand what that biography is, and then ask yourself the question: Does this support my happiness? So, if one takes a look into the future and says, "What is it that I'd like my life to look like? What does my financial life look like? What does the rest of my life look like? What are the things that are most important to me?" And then kind of look back and say, "You know, do the messages I have support that?" So, for example, if someone says, "You know, I want to have a life in which uh, I can and help, you know, take care of my, uh, pay for my future grandchildren's education. Uh, I want to have a place where my family can come and and be together and." And this is all the things that are really important to me. And then you see that 
you know, you have no pattern of saving, that you have a spending issue, uh, uh, a, a spendthrift type of uh, behavior where you can't keep a nickel in your pocket, well, that's recognizing that the biography is not working. And in order to um, kind of change that pattern, uh, depending on the severity, in some cases we recommend working with a, uh, a cognitive behavioral therapist who can help look at those habits and help create new ones. Or if it's not something that is so dire, certainly working with a financial life planner who can help then say, what are some of the things you can do today? What are some of the, the habits you can build that you can move to little by little? So, for example, it might be taking on the idea of contributing to a 401k plan every month where you're actively or passively actively uh, working towards building that retirement nest egg or paying yourself first before you pay you know, the rest of, the, of your discretionary spending. So small habits, paying down and getting out of debt are all positive habits that supplant past habits. So when you meet with a new client, do you go into in depth their money biography and what happened as they were growing up as children? Is this something you spend a lot of time on? We spend a, a, we have what we call a fit meeting practice where when we meet with a new client, we want to get an understanding of who they are and what their their values are. And if they do become a client of our practice, we then look at the financial planning looks at the today. We look at as life planners the yesterday, and then we look to the future and say, where is it that we're going? So we need context. If there is something that's kind of not in alignment, we then have to dig a little deeper. And I, I've, had, I've had clients who uh, have had some spending issues, and um, I can tell you a really brief story of a, of a, a retired physician who, uh, in doing his money biography, one of the questions is, you know, what was the first thing you, you spent money on? And he closed his eyes and he thought about it. And he was a gentleman in his 70s. And all of a sudden, he got very emotional. And he said, the first thing that I ever spent my own money on was a baseball glove. And he says, and he closed his eyes and he says, I can smell the leather. Mm -hmm. And he kind of touched a place for himself that was, that was really meaningful to him. Yeah. He remembers, you know, going out on a paper route and, and doing all kinds of, of, of jobs to accumulate this money and how hard he worked and how meaningful it was, as opposed to how we spend so automatically. You know, it's so easy to, you know, point, you know uh, click and, you know, uh, over the Internet or whatever in terms of spending money. There's nothing easier. So him being able to touch something that was really valuable to him really helped him see that, that spending money needed to be for a reason and not as a uh, kind of an excuse or kind of as a pacifier to other, uh, other thoughts. Do people normally take the money biographies of their parents and do the same, or do they do the opposite of their parents? I've seen both, and very frequently um, they take the same and then there are those that are the opposite. I, I, and one of the most interesting are those people who have, go, who have lived through the Depression or right after the Depression. And their money biographies, because they grew up with such lack for the most part, their money biographies are either they don't spend a nickel or they're profligate spenders. There's no in-between. So the, the really depending the... on um, where they came from, if their parents had a, money, a healthy money biography, the chances are they do, they do as well. Uh, if they didn't, uh, if they grew up with a very poor 
image of money and understanding of money, then the chances are that they, they have the same, the, the same issues. So you're saying the children of the Depression era people are either penny pinchers or profligate? Is that right? Yeah, especially the, those who lived through it, or those who who are you know who who have been touched by it you know very very closely. So what, what, the current generation that's kind of in their prime working years today, the the baby boomers, they for the most part have had prosperity and a pretty good time. They really have not had anything as scary as the depression or anything like that. W were they ready? for the, the traumas of the last two years or so going into what was a very scary time? No, I don't think, I don't think uh, very many people were ready f for the recession that we, that we went through. And I think uh, because there are those that, uh, you know, they, they, they spend very little time in their life in focusing around money. So if we do a, uh, we ask our clients to kind of take a look at the amount of time they spend in their financial life. And after you get past their work life and their family life, the amount of, the amount of uh, attention that they give to their work life is very, very, very small for the most part. And so they, people really didn't have the, the awareness. And plus, there is this belief that, you know, if the markets are up, it's always going to be up. And if the markets are down, it's always going to be down. And I think a lot of that is you know, people listening to cable news, and they, that's what they get 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you think it is possible to change one's money biography? You don't have to be kind of locked into what happened in your childhood. Is that what Absolutely. I th this is, this is a, a, it's a perfect example of, of a, where awareness becomes that, you know, you have that aha moment and say, wow. And we've seen so many examples where people have gone through, you know, looking at their money biography going, Wow. I mean, just this dead silence in the room because they realize that kind of the oper their, their operating manual or their, their, their software needs to be rebooted. So it absolutely can change. Very good. All right, we're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Michael Kay. Uh, he is a certified financial planner. His firm is called uh, Financial, um, financial Found Focus, right? Correct, Financial Focus. Financial Focus, uh, based in Livingston, New Jersey. Uh, he has also come out with a new book uh, called The Business of Life, an insider-out guide to building a more successful financial planning practice. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answers Show. 
I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for the Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011 on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay because spaces are limited. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael K who is president of Financial Focus, which is a financial planning firm based in Livingston, New Jersey. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Thank you so much. We're talking about the money biography. One of the problems you see out there is that people feel they have to keep up with the Joneses, keep up with what's going on with their neighbors. Why is that such a problem, and what should people do about it if they kind of get into that syndrome? Wow, it's like, it's, it's like the old show, Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. Um, you know, we get caught up in this vortex of of Hollywood and Wall Street and, and Madison Avenue and what we need to buy and what we need to drive and what we need to... And the pressure and the... Uh, coming from, uh, from our children, coming from our neighbors, is just... Um, it, it's, it's just like this giant anvil sitting on our heads. And I think at a certain point... And, and, you know, you see, and, and I've seen a good deal of it, especially with the recession, where people said, you know what, I lost my job. I, I, I can't keep up with the Joneses anymore, and I can look at it and say, that whole approach is really busted. It really doesn't serve me at all, and nor does it serve my family. So people who, you know, making that statement of, you know what, I'm not, I'm, I don't need to be here. I don't need to have that car. I don't need to vacation in that place. I don't need to buy these clothes or wear that scent. And that whatever we're being fed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, watch 20 minutes of television, you know exactly what you're supposed to do. It's like your marching orders. And I think that people are starting to, you know, take a step back and say, you know what, I don't want to do this. It's, it's a no-win situation because because you can't win. There is no winning. There's just this continual, um, this continual push to try and uh, 
consume more conspicuously. And there's a huge difference between that and being uh, having a, a, a career track that is success-oriented or looking to maximize your wealth or looking to you know, rise up in your company or, or create a company that's very successful. There's, that's not keeping up with the Joneses, but the whole idea of having to consume uh, a, a particular way and at a particular velocity is really what is uh, detrimental to people's mental state of mind and their financial well-being. If everybody followed that, though, and didn't keep up with the Joneses and didn't need all these things, wouldn't the economy collapse? I mean, we're kind of based on the consumers buying things these days. Well, I, well, I, I guess to a certain degree, the the economy would have to would have to retrench itself, just like when uh, the automobile became uh, popular. Uh, you know, the horse and buggy makers kind of went out of business, but the automobile makers then became more real. So where would our resources go? Maybe our resources would go in other areas that were more productive. Do you think that this kind of immediate gratification is a big part of it, that people want things? I mean, in the old days, people actually used to save up for something like a, a car or a vacation or something, and then actually have the money before that. Now everybody buys it and pays for it later. And sure. In many cases, I, and, and I... And I, I and I'm happy to say that I see that tide turning to a degree. Where I could, 10 years ago, absolutely. It was, it was just a breakneck speed. But I think I'm, I'm starting to see clients who, who come in and say, say, you know what? I want to make sure I can put my head on the pillow at night. I want to know that if I lose my job, that I don't have, I'm not going to be thrown out of my house or... If I decide that I want options in my life, that I don't want to have to work at the, the, the pace that I am today, that I can downsize and still lead a full, invigorating life. I have uh, a client who came to me, and this is many years ago, came to me, and he was, in the, uh, in the, in, uh, he was a television producer. And he came in one day, and he was just disgusted with, with work, and he threw his papers on the table, and he says, tell me if I have enough to retire. And I kind of pushed the papers away and looked at him and said, well, what are you going to do when you retire? And he gave me that whole deer in the headlights kind of look like, I have no idea. And I said, well, you can't retire until you decide what it is that is important to you and to your wife. And to, you're not going to you know, sit, you know, sit on, the, on the rocking chair. You're going to want to lead an active life. And... He was very grateful, and he went back, and he thought about it, and he retired about a year later. And Now he and his wife explore the neighborhoods of New York City. Uh, they travel to different areas uh, by car and explore, and they have the financial wherewithal to do things. But this is what they decided they wished to do, um, and it's their adventure. And when we get together several times a year, I get updated on their different adventures. It's not money-driven. It's happiness-driven. So you're saying a lot of people don't really think about what they're going to do in retirement. It becomes this big void after they've left everything they know and comfortable with. For many people, that is an absolute fact. There are some, and when I hear it, I'm overjoyed. I say, yeah, I know exactly how I'm going to fill my day, week, month, and year. But many people, no idea. If someone tells me that, well, I'm going to retire and play golf, well... That's good, but you're not doing it 365 days a year or 12 hours a day. What are you going to do with the rest of the time? And people need to 
take a step back and think about that. We have a client who is a, an executive of a, a very well-known corporation, and he's very, very successful. And when we talked to him about retirement, he knew exactly what he wanted. He and his wife wanted to be docents in national parks and live in tents and in cabins and give tours. And here's a, a, a couple who could you know, spend every night of the year in the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you go, wow, they really thought this thing through. I want to switch to the investment uh, field a little bit here. Sure. Um, what What are some of the things that people do wrong as it gets to investments psychologically, as well, far as getting either too bullish or too bearish? What, what are some well, of the I, things? I think, what, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to make a statement that's probably going to be a little controversial. I think people think they know what they're doing. And that, to me, is the essential problem, that they believe that they're smarter than the market by having the ability to consistently pick winning stocks or consistently time the market when the research has been very clear that not even the experts can do that. So I think there's a fundamental uh, belief because we're smart people, because we're thinking human beings, that we have this ability. Well, why not? I can read a report. I can read, a, uh, uh, I can read an annual report. I can go on the Internet and see all the news that I need to know. So I can make a decision whether this is a good investment or not. And the fact is, is that, sadly, most people can't. So what, what does that do to their decision-making as far as the amount of risk they take, as far as their emotions both up and up and down markets? Well, they, people, people react. You know, they, they believe that, you know, uh, going back to the statement I made before, when the markets are up, it's always going to be up. When the markets are down, it's always going to be down. And that guides their thinking. And the reality is, is that people make, make bad decisions because they don't have the ability. They're playing, they're playing against uh, the wrong opponent. And I was reading a great book very recently uh, by Mayor Stammen, who is a uh, professor of finance at Santa Clara University, and he wrote a book called What Investors Really Want. And it's, and it's really about investor behavior rather than the idea of, you know, uh, this whole idea that we can, you know, read a report and make a good decision uh, on a consistent basis. Um, and it, it just is one of the most... Um, enlightening works that I've read uh, just in terms of how, you know, how we think and how we act and how it really kind of uh, is the most detrimental thing to us. So if they're going to be volatile markets, and it seems like that's going to be a kind of fixture going forward here, how can one handle it emotionally and still get a decent return on your money? Well, I, you know, when you, when you say handle it emotionally, let, let's take a step back to the idea that when one is creating a portfolio, one wants to create a portfolio to a time frame. When do I need this? And let's say I need it in 20 years or 25 years. Okay. Um, and how much volatility am I willing to absorb along the way, knowing that in, in, in an average 10-year period, there's two down years, two flat years, two fair years, two good years, two amazing years, on average. And so knowing that those two down years, and maybe it's going to be three down years in 10 or, what, or one, um, knowing that they're there and being supported by the fact that this is normal, um, we can get through these, periods, these, these rough periods of time. If we take too much exposure, more risk than we can handle, we will then make the cardinal sin of selling when the markets are at bottom 
and really taking it on the chin and really hurting our chances of success. Did that happen to you with your clients when the markets fell sharply in 2008 that they weren't to bail out the bottom? No. We, I, I, to, to, be, to be honest, we had one client who at the bottom of the market said, I, can't, I cannot take any more. I had one client, and, and when they came in for a meeting uh, six months, eight months later, and they said, go ahead, you can say you were right and we were wrong. I said, I'm, I will never say I told you so. Uh, but out of all our clients, one just couldn't take the pain. Um, but everyone else, we did a lot of hand-holding. We did a lot of, of repositioning. We did a lot of conversation of where we are. And if one's portfolio is appropriate, meaning there's enough cash or cash equivalents to protect that equity portion of the portfolio, uh, then one can get through these bad times. But when you're locked into the cable news stations and you're hearing these quote-unquote experts, I didn't hear one expert in all the time of the recession say, this is just another recession, and this is what happens in a recession. This is what's happened in past recessions. And while the, di- the reasons for recession might be different each time, this is the kind of the track that it takes. So before you get ready to jump off a building... Maybe it's just another recession, and we will get through it, and this is what we'll see. But instead, all these experts became, you know, the, the voice of doom and gloom and go out and, you know, dig a, a hole in your backyard and, you know, fill it with cans of Progresso soup and bars of gold. So you think that was inappropriate, the activity, then? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Are you at all concerned about the macro situation now, the amount of debt we're taking on and the quantitative easing and the currency wars and the saving of Ireland, all the things that are going on, does this bother you or just doesn't bother you at all? It doesn't bother me in the least. I, you know, I, 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 you don't like to see these things when they happen, but we do live in a global economy that is based on profit-making. And if you take a look at global markets and the history of global markets, you take uh, Argentina or Japan or all these different economies and what their market cycles have been. Um, I can't get too excited about what happens in Ireland or what happened in Greece or, uh, you know, things that you take, a, just like I said, you, there's in, in any 10-year cycle, you're going to have two down years and two flat years, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's, a matter, it's a function of time. And because there's a profit margin, a, a profit motive, you know, we, are, we will self-correct. Will it be perfect? It's never perfect. But as long as people have the intent of making money. You know, your, your point is don't get scared out by all these things. Absolutely not. Turn off the TV. <laughs> Turn off the TV. Listen to the radio. Listen to the radio is much better indeed. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Michael Kay, who is president of Financial Focus, which is a financial planning firm based in Livingston, New Jersey. We'll be back after this. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network join 
and Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for the Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011, on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay because spaces are limited. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Kay, who is president of Financial Focus, uh, which is a financial planning firm based in Livingston, New Jersey. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Thank you so much. You talk a lot about cycles, uh, investing cycles, life cycles, product cycles, even societal cycles. Uh, how are you supposed to figure out what cycle you're in and how to benefit from it and not get hurt by it? <laughs> yeah, you, 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 I think the, the recognition that we're in this, the only thing that they say, the only thing that's constant is change is, you know, we just constantly move from all these different cycles and we hear about them, they're in our faces, the interest rate cycle and the debts and, 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 and the, the market, and you talk about the market and, you know, well, I always ask the question, which market are we talking about? Are we talking about the large cap market, the, the small cap market, the domestic market, the foreign market? What are we talking about? The emerging markets? There are so many different cycles that were, that, that uh, is being written about and talked about. And I think people understand, need to take it to themselves and really understand the fact that all these things that go on, while they have short-term impact, if one has a, an appropriate and well, well-designed and well-defined financial life plan, you, you don't have to worry about swimming in the cycles. You don't have to be worried about being caught up in the vortex of what's going on next. One needs to make sure that they're properly protected, that their risk management package is appropriate, that their investment allocations are appropriate, that they have a, 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 a correct amount of liquidity, that their, that their, their tax strategies are sound. Uh, that they that they the things that they care about in terms of their estates are well documented and and well executed. Those are the things that and, and live your life. Focus on the things that bring you joy. 
all the, the, the goings-on, uh, the content that comes streaming into, into uh, television and radio and newspapers and magazines is, is an endless stream of opinion and information. And if we try to kind of ferret that out and say, what does this mean? It changes minute to minute. So live to your values rather than be worried about what's happening next. Know how much risk you're able to absorb before you make decisions that say, oh, I'm all in. I'm going to take all my assets and put it, you know, put it into large cap stocks or into small cap stocks or into, you know, into the euro or taking these ridiculous bets on what's going to happen next. You, you have worked with something called the money quotient, which helps people uh, kind of figure out how to run their life and, and make it financially well, uh, well planned as well. Tell us a little bit about how that money quotient system works and how people can, can use it to improve their lives. Well, actually, Money Quotient is a, a nonprofit organization that was... Uh, uh, that, that's owned by and run by Carol Anderson, who is the president of Money Quotient, and they've created a set of tools uh, for advisors to adapt and adopt and use in their practices to help their clients be better focused on their values and on creating financial plans that better reflect who they are. So their their system. Um, is a uh, you know any and 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 any uh, anyone who hears this can go onto the uh, moneyquotient.org website and say find a planner of people who've been trained to use these wonderful tools uh, in order to help people really define because until you know where you're going and what's most important how do you do, how do you create a financial plan how does any planner know unless they really truly hear their clients and understand what it is that's important to them. The idea that someone comes in and says, um, I, want to have, I want to accumulate $10 million. Well, that's a nice goal. Why? Why is it important? And what are you willing to do to get there? And, and in financial planning, and, you know, let's, let's, take the, you know, let's turn the light on and, and, and raise the, you know, take the, the drapes away. Financial planning is not magical. You're dealing with how much money comes in, how much money goes out, and how well one positions their, their wealth, so, or how poorly. So the fact is, is that working within the confines, the constraints of those variables, uh, you know, one can create a financial plan that is rational and reasonable and hopefully attainable versus ones that are pie in the sky and based on just a hope and a, a, hope and a wish. Uh, what is the difference between traditional financial planning and what you call life planning, uh, which is a broader looking at this whole process? Sure. Life planning marries the, the quantitative, which is what most financial planners do, so is, is you take the numbers and you analyze the numbers and project the numbers. And adds the qualitative side, the side of one's values, of their habits, of their money biographies, of the things in their lives that are most rich to them and most important to them, and kind of melds those together into one plan. Um, and indeed, the, uh, the Board of Standards, the Certified Financial Planning Board of Standards, has dictated that knowing your client is one of the basic cardinal rules of financial planning and the 
life planning aspect allows the advisor to do it better and deeper. Uh, you have uh, just come out with a new book called The Business of Life, an inside-out uh, approach to building a more successful financial planning practice. This is more designed for financial planners, but for consumers looking to find a suitable financial planner, what are some things they should look for uh, to make a good fit? Well, in my in the book, The Business of Life, I basically kind of through the the, the uh, turned the lights on to what my journey was that took me from accountant to financial services product oriented um, advisor to life planning and how to help clients do that. And my hope is that the that the advisor nation, the advisor population, will look at this work and say, wow, I can do this too. I can change my life and live a life that's more balanced and more in alignment with my values uh, and bring that to my clients. And I think that that's what, uh, I think that's what consumers want. They want someone who is not there looking at them with dollar signs in their eyes, but someone who truly cares and is engaged with the success of their client. And certainly working with a more holistic approach to, or client-centered approach is one that gives most satisfaction to me as an advisor and also, I think, better satisfaction to our clients because their experience is less numbers. The numbers support it, but it's less the numbers and more the concept of where are we going. And I think for the consumers, while there's, it, it, it's an interesting little, it's an interesting story, I think, and, and hopefully uh, humorous in, in, in many aspects. Uh, this particular book is written for the advisors, and hopefully within the next 18 months, I'll have uh, a workout that's designed for the consumer. You talk a lot about uh, wanting control and how it's natural and normal to want control uh, about various funny decisions. Uh, but in many cases, you can't have control, like in the stock market. H how do you kind of reconcile wanting control but not being able to have control? Well, that's where, and, and, and uh, <laughs> where, where, where Mayor Stammen in his book points out so, so, so well that, you know, it's like playing tennis up against the wall where, you know, you hit, the, you hit a, a tennis ball against the wall and you know how it's going to come back. Um, but when you're out in the stock market, you're hitting, against, you're hitting the ball across the net against really good opponents or opponents who, who know more than you do. And the one thing that uh, when you have the conversation with clients that's, uh, that's so eye-opening is, you know, let's say they want to sell a position. Well, the, 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 the normal question to me is, well, the person who's buying that position, what do they know that you don't know? And the same thing when you're, you know, if you're buying something, what does the seller know that you don't know? Well, you may be smarter than the other side. Or maybe not. Yeah, I mean, if you, don't, if you don't take that into account that the person who's selling the shares that you're buying or buying the shares that you're selling might have better information than you do, if you don't take that into account, um, you're probably making a mistake. And in this day and age of who, who has the information, it's, um, I think it's a pretty much of a stacked deck. And we want to believe, because we are thinking, reasoning people, you know, it, it takes me back to a, a, a story uh, several year, years ago when I was an accountant and someone showed me this uh, uh, red herring on an IPO that was coming out to sell uh, 
fireplace logs made of coal dust, and it was coming out at ten cents a share. And these guys were talking about, oh, this is the greatest thing, the greatest thing, the greatest thing. And I took it home as a good accountant, and I read it, and I'm saying, wow, this is maybe the worst investment I've ever seen because of all the, 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 the all the uh, covenants and things within the the, the red herring and. Uh, three months later, I went back to the client. And they're saying, "Oh, it went from ten cents up to ten dollars a share." And so, I mean, it turned out that at the end of the day, the stock was being manipulated. But the thought process that these people had, well, that they know something, you know, they're going to buy these shares at ten dollars, ten cents a share, and they're going to know when to sell. And the person who's buying it is going to know that they should or should not be buying it. So, understanding that the <laughs> the pond that you fish in has so many vagaries to it and so much unknown information that by trying to do it yourself is, is probably the greatest disservice you can, you can undertake. So you're saying ultimately you really can't have control, you can't have certainty, and you have to accept that. No, I mean, what, what can one control in, 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 in your entire life? The amount of things that you can control, you know you can't control the market. You can control your spending decisions. Okay, you can control whether you know you add an extra premium uh, channel to your cable subscription. You can choose whether you you know fly first class or coach. You can choose those things, but you can't choose whether the company you work for is going to lay you off uh, next month because they're downsizing. And you can't choose whether you know. You get into an auto accident and somebody, you know, comes out of uh, through a red light and hits you. So most things in life we do not control. Most people so don't like to hear the that. idea is be aware that you don't control. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Michael Kay. Uh, he is the president of Financial Focus, a financial planning firm based in Livingston, New Jersey. We'll be back after this. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts, for the Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011 on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. 
That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay, because spaces are limited. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Kay, who is the president of Financial Focus, a financial planning firm based in Livingston, New Jersey. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Uh, thank you so much. Tell us about your uh, website and uh, the website address and what some things people can find at your website. Surely. It's uh, www.financial-focus.net. And our website has a uh, – it's kind of – uh, aimed at helping our clients kind of understand what our mission is, uh, what are our unique approaches to helping our clients, uh, some of our services. It talks about the members of our team, which are very varied and, and diverse. Um, it also has a bunch of resources and newsletters and book recommendations and things like that. So it's, uh, it's meant to be very easy to access and, and tell, us, tell our story a little bit and uh, who we are and how we help, how we help our clients. And tell us roughly what kind of clients do you have? Well, our clients, because we are an ensemble practice, uh, we have advisors in their 50s and 40s and 30s, and we have, uh, so we really have run the gamut in terms of our demographics of who we serve, from uh, people in their 80s to people in their 20s. And uh, what 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 the key to us is, do they get it? Do they understand that? Money is not about, uh, or, or planning is really about values. And a planning is about what it is that the individual cares most about. And we talk a lot about life transitions. We talk about preparing for as many of those transitions as possible because there's nothing worse than um, being kind of, you know, hit in the back of the head uh, unexpectedly when something happens that you just haven't been prepared for. So, for example, we have uh, my, my daughter who's uh, in her late 20s, or uh, she probably hate that I say that, uh, has friends that she went to college with and who are now young professionals and employed, and they're coming in newly married and wanting to know how do you set up a budget and how do you make sure that if we get uh, laid off that we're not going to get thrown out of our apartments or our homes and how do we allocate our 401k plans and we have clients who are in the elder the elderhood state of their life where they are uh, making sure that they've prepared their children and their grandchildren and really uh, very focused on uh, that stage of of kind of the, the, the last the last hurrah as it will and um, we take care of multi-generations, and we have, in certain cases, we have grandparents and parents and children that we've taken care of. And uh, it's, it's a lovely situation where we have 
um, advisors here who can really relate to all those different people. You said that your uh, daughter had a wedding recently. Uh, yes, she did. What are some of the things that you learned out of that life transition that you can pass on to the audience? Well, it was uh, I actually uh, wrote, wrote two different uh, articles about it for Psychology Today, and just the, the, that kind of cold water in the, over the head, the, the, bucket, the cold bucket of water over the head that says, wow, I've got a daughter that's, that's, that's married. You know, I, I can close my eyes and I remember the, the moment she was born and how quickly life goes on. And uh, it was one of those moments of saying uh, how quickly life just goes past you and really a reminder to really be more intentional and really uh, it becomes an anchor to what one really cares about and really to be appreciative of the fact that we you know, have these wonderful things in our lives like our children and now our, my, my new son and, um, and people have their health and you know, we, we were able to celebrate together and really experience the joy of, of, the, of, of the wedding and, and the process leading up to it. But do not a lot of people think about the financial implications of uh, weddings? They buy homes too soon and they kind of get off to the wrong financial start? Sometimes they do, and, and uh, it, it's, it's a conversation that, I'm, that I'm, I'm having with my daughter and, and, and her husband. My, I call him my son uh, as well, and that, the whole idea of, you know, what do we do first? And we want to do everything, and okay, let's, let's start at the bottom of the pyramid. Let's make sure you're properly protected. Let's make sure you have enough liquidity. Make, let's make sure, you know, that you can put your head on the pillow at night and not be worried. So... It's really giving financial education, and I've heard some of your other shows, uh, Jordan, that have been so rich and so uh, so full in terms of talking about education, and you know that's something that that whole idea of financial education is one that is um, so rare and and so much and so missing uh, in our. Uh, society today of giving people good understanding of money and what's important about money. I want to talk to another topic here. We just finished the uh, midterm elections recently, and you wrote a uh, recent report about uh, the midterms and money and so on. People get so wrapped up in what happens politically, and now we've got a new Congress, and they say, well, I'm going to wait till I uh, see what happens in the election and before I start investing and so on. H how should people take what goes on in the political scene and make that impact uh, on their financial and investment decisions. It's really funny. Um, if one were to take a look at the history of the, of, of the stock market and watch watch what happened around different political events, it it, it proves that it, it, there is really no direct relationship between uh, a, a quote-unquote good election or a bad election or a, a, a world event like a, uh, uh, a desert storm or um, uh, an, even an assassination or assassination attempt. But if one looks at the stock market next to on a uh, kind of on a scale with, with world history going on underneath it, there really is no, there is no direct correlation between world events and stock market performance because at the end of the day stock market performance is about earnings and profits well i mean people are very focused on the elections and how that's going to affect their money and how that's going to affect taxes and profitability and so on so you're saying just shouldn't think about politics when you think about money basically i don't i don't believe so because first of all let's say you know the the, the legislature says we're going to raise taxes 
or we're not going to raise taxes. Uh, what I mean, is that really going to change significantly what one does? Uh, I just read an article in the, in the last day or two that said that the, uh, the tax cuts that came in uh, 10 years ago really had very little to do with growth in the economy. So whether there's a tax cut or not a tax cut is really not, is not the determining factor, uh, you know, of, of what happens. You know, where there's stimulus in the economy uh, of promoting jobs or um, uh, encouraging or, or, or seeding opportunities really has more impact and again, it's impact over time. It's not immediate impact. You know, people look for, you know, the president signs a, signs a bill into law, and they expect that there's going to be, you know, a result the next, you know, 10 minutes later, which I guess goes back to your beginning question about immediate gratification. Um, but we're so in tune to this moment-by-moment moment news reporting, and I'll put the word news in quotes, that um, we, we, we're trying to attach, we're trying to connect the dots, and I think we're making a big mistake by trying to connect the dots to everything. Uh, everything we hear, and so much of what we hear, um, and, you know, you see the little heads in the little boxes on TV, are, are opinion. And where people, I think, make a mistake is they, they take it as fact. If they, agree, if they agree with it, it's fact. If they disagree with it, then the person in, in, in the little box doesn't know what they're talking about. And I think one needs to kind of take a step back and say, it might be a pa- it might be a fact, it might be an opinion, and it's just something else. And whether I choose to kind of hold on to it or let it go is my decision. Very good. Well, it's been fascinating. My guest this hour has been Michael Kay. Uh, he is the president of Financial Focus, which is a financial planning firm uh, based in Livingston, New Jersey. His uh, website is financial-focus.net. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, to find out more about what Michael does. It's been a very interesting uh, discussion about money biography and all kinds of other things. Uh, thank you very much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show. The pleasure was mine. Thanks so much. We'll be back again with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.